This is the Realist Realtor Podcast, hosted by Carmelita Turner, the Realist Realtor you know. Episodes are here each and every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Because this is the show where people are interested in engaging in real conversations that talk about real life and how very real situations impact how we are able to leverage our wealth building ability through real estate. We're so glad you decided to join us. Happy Wonderful Wednesday. So happy you guys are here with us on the Realist Realtor Podcast, where we show up each and every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Hosted by myself, Carmelita Turner, the Realist Realtor you know. So excited about episode 29 today, our summertime series. Today, we are talking about food for the body and the mind. This is where you can show up to get real facts about real life and how all roads lead back to real estate and the financial freedom that you can enjoy through owning a piece of dirt, a piece of this earth. Just to remind you about who I am, I am indeed a realtor in the entire state of Virginia and the entire state of Maryland, and I am able to assist you nationally and internationally through my strategic partner network. Shout out to my strategic partners. Some of my other superpowers include the fact that I'm a lifelong learner, which is exhibited by the fact that I've been trained um, and credentialed by NKBA as a certified kitchen and bath designer, as well as being a public adjuster. I am a lifelong educator and a lifelong activist. So, so glad to have all of you here today on the podcast. Let me tell you something. We've been having so much fun with our summertime series. And one of the areas that I know I enjoy about summer, there are a lot of things that I enjoy about every season. Um, And I think for all of us, every season, especially for those of us that live somewhere that is very seasonal, unfortunately, as our globe changes due to global warming and other environmental impacts that we should be aware of, um, some of these seasons are not really looking as traditional as they have in the past. I know at least here on the East Coast, they are not. But as we were preparing for this series, I was having so much fun just reflecting and researching and thinking about all the great things that we tend to want to consume and eat in the summertime. A lot of that is because, well, obviously, their availability is different. Um, The availability of certain food items changes. But for some people, whether it's summertime, spring, fall, winter, food availability looks a little different. Many of those discrepancies and um, just gaping disparities has a large part to do with where you reside, your socioeconomic status, and how you show up in the world as far as owning a slice of this earth. This is why we say all roads lead back to real estate because everything does matter. So when we start thinking about some of the superfoods of summer, we tend to eat differently, right? We don't want to eat as heavily or as much. We're looking for um, 
watermelon and berries and cherries and fresh corn and cucumbers. And I've mentioned this many times on um, previous podcasts as well as on the after show. I know that growing up in my childhood home, we had our own garden. So we always had an abundance of fresh kale or cucumbers, uh, tomatoes, watermelons. We had a peach tree. Um, I'm not a big tomato eater, but um, my family members are. And I never appreciated the value of that until I really became an adult and started paying attention to the availability of food. One of the things that I heard recently on the news that as we are starting to transition back into our new normal post-COVID, we are seeing an influx of people having to rely on food banks. People who've never gone to food banks ever, ever before, but they're finding themselves in great need. And I applaud all of the food banks out there, our area food banks. I am here in the DMV area, but food banks all over the nation that are standing in that gap for people and providing um, a a way for them to continually feed their family. Um, Feeding families and food shortages are definitely something that we should be mindful of, not only in our country, but on our globe. So that's why this episode is not only talking about the importance of food for the body, but food for the mind. The food that we fuel our body with It does fuel our mind, but we also have to feed our mind with information and an understanding of how we can not only show up for ourselves to make ourselves healthier physically and mentally, but how we can help showing up for others by assisting them as well. One of the things when you think about food banks, um, many times they work hard to provide fresh items for those that are serviced by their food banks, whether it's, you know, some type of fresh vegetable, potatoes, whatever it is that they can acquire through their donations and their ability to purchase that are fresh items. Uh, But that can be a difficult task for food banks. So I definitely encourage you as you're listening to this podcast to think about an area food bank that you might be able to not only donate to, you can do that from your sofa while you're Netflixing. Make a donation to one of these area food banks monetarily. Um, Make a donation of actually taking over supplies that they need. And definitely consider donating your time because feeding the masses is so critically important. When we think about, I know for myself, I'm always trying to be mindful about adding more vegetables to my diet. And I'm not really a big meat eater. Um, I could go without it. I I definitely am not a vegan, um, but I do enjoy uh, seafood items, um, leaner poultry items, uh, organic poultry items. Um, I have a very discriminating stomach, I will say. So I have to be very mindful of what I do take in, but I'm a lover of things like mushrooms and avocados and I love adding garlic um, to my meals and and peppers, colorful peppers. So these are all things that are disease fighting and they're good for your body and they're good for your brain cells, for your mind. But the reality is 
The same way that I can sit here and talk about these wonderful, healthy summer foods, I have access to these things easily and readily. But we have to also feed our mind with information and recognize that for many folks that are out here attempting to not only feed their families, but to really survive, especially again with what we're seeing in our most recent times, people losing jobs or being furloughed, money decreasing. We have many families that live in what can be described and is described as a food desert. So I want to share some information with you from a wonderful organization that I've researched called DoSomething.org. This is actually a group, a nonprofit group. It's a tech company, but it began its origins so that young people could become global activists with in many different areas for many different campaigns. So I definitely encourage you to go over and check out DoSomething.org. Um, because they definitely are a global movement. Millions of young people just making some positive change. So I was so encouraged as I was doing this research and reading about them as well. But they had uh, a campaign that talks about food deserts. And basically a food desert is any geographical area where access to affordable and healthy food options, so exactly what I was describing, like these fresh fruits, these vegetables, that because... I grew up in a childhood home that we owned. We had our own garden in the back. For many people, these food deserts or this access to healthy food is limited within these food deserts or it's just non-existent because grocery stores are too far away. 23.5 million people live in food deserts. Half of them are also low income. So if you're living in a food desert and you're socioeconomically strapped, already you are just waking up every day fighting this huge water wheel trying to figure out how am I going to provide a meal for myself and my family. And to, to even have to think about, wow, how am I going to provide a healthy meal? They're just trying to think about how are they going to provide a meal more or less a healthy meal. Approximately 2.3 million people, and that's 2.2% of all U.S. households, live in low-income rural areas that are more than 10 miles from a supermarket. On 10 miles to a supermarket? So many times I'm sure that these folks in these lower socioeconomic positions may not even have transportation to get to a supermarket that is 10 miles away. Food deserts often are underreported because, check this out, uh, in North America, the industry classification system, they place small grocery stores, like corner grocery stores, which when you think about it, they primarily sell packaged food in the same category as a Safeway or a Whole Foods. Are you kidding me right now? How is that in the same category? So many times a lot of these food deserts are underreported. Residents living in food deserts also have a hard time finding foods that are culturally relevant and that meet their dietary restrictions. I know here in the DMV, we live in a very culturally diverse area. Uh, This is Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia, and Maryland. 
We live in a very culturally diverse area and being able to locate or have access to foods that meet your cultural specifications is very important and to be able to do that for yourself and your family. I I know a lot of you may remember when uh, First Lady Michelle Obama started her campaign to combat um, childhood obesity. It was called Let's Move, um, I believe, but her goal was was to eradicate food deserts. And I know that she's still working to do that because this is indeed a problem. If families aren't able to know, number one, that they're going to be able to eat, again, we're talking the basic Maslow's hierarchy, basic needs, can we eat? Then to to then layer on there, well, how do we eat healthy and still be able to afford it? knowing that, you know, we are operating with economic restrictions. So then that adds another layer to think about. On top of that, it's so important that we are all remaining aware, food for the body, food for the mind, that we're all remaining aware of the challenges that are presented right in front of us. You may be living next door to someone that is struggling, uh, having a food challenge. So these are things that we want to put out into the atmosphere and give you a call to action on things that you can do to help. There was a $400 million investment from the government towards uh, the initiative to eradicate food deserts, and it's going to go towards providing tax breaks for supermarkets that open in food deserts. Listen, folks, during this time of pandemic, we've been talking about aligning with others, thinking of things that you could do to impact the world. You may be part of a group of folks who are looking to create something or start a business or invest your money in some way. Why not think about not only tapping into government money that's there, and cre- but other sources that may be available to you and opening supermarkets and food deserts that can help and serve millions of people. Hey, Just food for the mind, food for thought. I'm just putting it out there. I never knew this, but thank you to DoSomething.org, I have learned and have visited and used the USDA's food desert locator map. So if you go to the USDA site, they actually have a food desert locator map. So I did it for this area, but even the state of Virginia, I mean, places like Baltimore, Even here in Northern Virginia, places around Alexandria, Dale City, like I was amazed. I was almost shocked at the number of areas that are considered a food desert. So I encourage you to visit the USDA site to, um, you know, look for your area and see how you all are stacking up. And again, for those of you that may be interested in aligning with a group of folks to open a supermarket in a food desert, use that USDA locator to help identify places where you can do that. And of course, call the realist realtor you know who can help you acquire that commercial real estate so that you can open that supermarket and help serve families that exist in these food deserts. Folks, I'm serious about how I continually say all roads lead back to real estate. All roads do lead back to real estate. We can impact the lives of others and the globe by really just doing what it is that we can do 
and standing in our lane. But I think getting that information out is just so critical, so important. That's why. That's really why I love showing up on Wednesdays and having these conversations with you guys. People living in the poorest social economic status, that they call it SES areas, have 2.5 times the exposure. Now check this out. To fast food restaurants as opposed to those living in wealthier areas. How does that relate to real estate? Well, let me tell you. You will notice that in certain uh, areas, um, distressed areas, opportunity zones as they may call them, you will see a daggone carry out, fast food restaurant, probably on almost every corner. There is an abundance of them not offering healthy food options in these communities. However, if you were to then venture into communities that are um, at a higher economic status, you would be hard pressed to see a Wendy's or a Burger King or a McDonald's, heck, a carryout even. You will see more sit down restaurants or restaurants that are offering alternative, you know, food options or smoothies or salads. A lot of uh, establishments where you can eat outdoors, it is summertime and now post COVID, you know, that's what initially opened up outside eating areas so that we can continually socially distance. So you will see, all you have to do people is drive around. You don't have to take my word for it as the realest realtor, get in your car, drive around your own neighborhood. Take a look, this is not new information, nor is it hidden information. We live it every day. So I'm not telling you anything that's new. I am saying that these are areas that we should always have in our minds, that we should always think about. This is why it is my mission and my goal to put as many people in their own sanctuary, in their own homes as possible. So whether it's a single family house, a duplex, a condo doesn't matter where you have control over not only the sanctuary in which you live but the community that's around it where you're able to have a garden in your backyard or a windowsill garden where you're growing you know a few little peppers and vegetables and and spices those things are possible that is why owning your own has always been my movement it is so critical to your well-being, your total well-being, physically, mentally, spiritually. So folks, take a take a drive around and see what you notice about uh, fast food restaurant access. With limited options, many people living in food deserts, they get their meals from fast food restaurants. We see this all the time. I can't tell you how many students would come to school uh, when I, all the years that I was educating and their breakfast may have been a, a juice drink and some chips. And that's because where they reside, where they resided, they would pass a corner store that, what did I just say? Technically was coded as a grocery store, but it only offered packaged food items and they could pick up something inexpensively, chips, a drink, and that would hold them until they could get their two meals a day from the school. That is why I'm such of an advocate for us continually forcing educational systems to offer healthy food options to our children. Because for many of these students, the meals that they receive at schools are the only meals that they receive every day. That is why when schools had to close for COVID, 
people were working so diligently to make sure they opened feeding centers so that students could continue um, to eat on a daily basis. And it is a very, very real thing. I don't think people ever realize how much um, the school is truly a necessary entity in communities. So that's a whole nother podcast. Food insecurity has a high correlation with increased diabetes rates. And I'm sure, you know, the the research that they did was particularly on diabetes. Um, They talked about how in Chicago, the death rate from diabetes in a food desert was twice that of areas with um, grocery stores. And I believe that wholeheartedly. But being in a food desert and having food insecurity not only, you know, leads to issues like diabetes, we're talking heart disease, blood pressure issues, things that lead to heart attacks, strokes, everything ties back into food security, having food security and having access to affordable, healthy food options. So as we are preparing for the summer season and enjoying open air markets um, now that they are opening back up so that we can acquire fresh fruits and fresh vegetables. It is so important that we are being mindful, number one, of our own physical health. When we feed our bodies well, we feed our minds well. But we also want to make sure that we're continually feeding our minds with a mindset shift to say, you know what, as I am able to do, what little thing can I do to make sure that others are able to do the same? Like I said, whether that's you donating to a food bank, volunteering at a food bank, advocating that all of the schools in the district where you live are providing healthy meals for students, whatever fits you, whatever suits you, pick that lane and do that thing. If you have yet to secure your own sanctuary, your own home, your own piece of earth, the place where you own that dirt, definitely make sure that you connect with me. That is so important so that you are able to begin building the security financially for your family, starting a garden or a windowsill garden where you're building that food security for your family. It would indeed be my honor to help in that area. So folks, again, as we continue with this summer series, let's enjoy thinking about and consuming the foods of summer. But again, remember, not only is that food for the body, but we need to continually fuel our minds with food that will help educate us so that we can be of good service to ourselves, our family, others, and our family's financial future. Guys, thanks so much for showing up each and every Wednesday. We love, love, love having you here. We will see you next week, same time, same channel, 3 p.m. on Wednesdays here on Anchor and Spotify. I am your host, Carmelita Turner, the realest realtor you know. I leave you in the same way in which I came, which is in peace. Have a great day, folks. Thanks for listening to the Realist Realtor podcast. Head over to Call Carmelita for Real Estate, all spelled out on IG. And look in our bio to click on our link so you can connect with us across all platforms. Please subscribe to the podcast here on Anchor and Spotify, and we'll see you next week.